0: Hey, I'm Ty Snaith, and this is A World of One's Own, a series of conversations with women and non-binary artists I respect and admire. The episode you're about to listen to is from Season 1, which was originally called A World of Her Own. It was part of the exhibition Unfinished Business, Perspectives on Art and Feminism at ACCA. For more information about the podcast and the artists I'm speaking to in Season 2, head to tysnaith.com. And now, here's the episode.
1: I think you explain my world as, or what I do, as a kind of burlesque commentary on embodied identity through movements, even a bit of acting, costume change, transformation, gender transgressing, you can be whoever you
0: want. I'm Ty Snaith, and this is A World of Her Own, a series of conversations with Australian women artists I respect and admire. Actually, I think I I'll retitle this episode as A World of Their Own. This little change is because today I've had the privilege of speaking with classical guitarist, performer and non-binary artist, Tonya Field. That music that you can hear playing, that's Tonya on the guitar. To be honest, I was really nervous before our chat, just worried about getting my pronouns mixed up or saying something stupid or offensive by accident. But Tonya put me completely at ease with their open, gentle and patient manner, not to mention in awe of such bravery and boldness. So much respect for this human being. We cover lots of juicy ground about fighting the good fight and being yourself, no matter how difficult the context. I believe this conversation is relevant to all of us, no matter which side of the rainbow you're standing on. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking to Tonya Field, the first musician, actually, to, to be here in the conversational chair welcome Tonya thank
1: you it's lovely to be here
0: yeah on this hot day
1: yeah I know <laughs> isn't it but yeah I know
0: we're in a bit of a cool world here oh, here we are yeah and speaking of worlds I mean the title of the the project refers to worlds and you're in a very different world to me of music which mm-hmm. um maybe we can sort of talk about that because before we started recording we were talking about problems involved with yeah for you with that classical world of music
1: yeah absolutely I feel like my training has given me the classical background and I really appreciate that training it's given me a real rigor and understanding of music that so that I can sort of pull it apart and understand why I'm pulling it apart in certain ways and how I can put it back together in certain ways but with that whole context and also just the technical skill you know, like, there's nothing quite like getting that classical uh, training, and especially from my teacher, who was very good at imparting that knowledge and, um, Did and you those train skills. Like- yeah, I started when I was about eight wow. years old. <laughs> and
0: always guitar?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why, but it, that was what I gravitated towards. I got a plastic guitar when I was a little kid in the UK, and... I just started hitting it. (laughs) I didn't even start plucking the strings. I just started hitting it. And I've always had this percussive rhythmic element in my playing. And I think, you know, that's where that came from. But, and then I kept tugging at, you know, mum's coat saying, hey, when can I get a guitar? And then we were living in the UK and we couldn't afford it because it was in the Thatcher years. Uh And, you know, we were all broke and couldn't afford a gas cylinder for the heater and that kind of stuff. So we moved to Australia. And I moved to Perth and then that's when I really got my hands on a proper guitar.
0: So it's always been there. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Never been anything else. I don't know. I sometimes ask that question of myself and I go, "Mm." so that was my classical start. I started on a bit of folk music and then said, oh, what else can I do? Because that wasn't quite satisfying my curiosity. Like you, I'm a curious person (laughs) as well. And so I really wanted to find out what else I can do with this thing this six stringed beast
0: and so how do you use it as a tool now and i mean you've moved into a very different world as you've obviously Mm. got older and worked out yourself
1: (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely i think that happened a few years ago when i really embraced my identity which was always there but i didn't fully accept it and embrace it
0: and listeners might not know so can you explain yeah
1: Well, I identify as non-binary and so that means that I don't feel I can put myself out into the world as being exclusively male or female. I'm born, you know, assigned male at birth and of course I have a male body as such, but my identity is totally separate to that, which is obviously the case with everybody. Yeah. (laughs) But um, I have always like expressing myself to the world and being in the world in a way that doesn't box myself into either.
0: On that do you think you express yourself primarily through your guitar through your music?
1: Not not well that's yeah great question actually Mm. that leads me on to this whole thing about well classical music is quite a I don't want to be too sort of derogatory, no, <laughs> but it's a classic. very it's a very fixed outcome. Mm. So most classical musicians and people that see classical music or or know about music, you know, can um, kind of think about a classical musician as getting up and doing a concert on the stage or performing on the stage in some in capacity suit and tie. Yeah, yeah suit and tie or if you're a soprano you're in a big ball gown and yeah. you know it's very gendered and even the dress codes for you know the orchestra still in australia read like something yeah. out of the 1800s or something I always thought that. you know yeah. and i did some research and whoa well, that was a real eye-opener but yeah so i found not only that but Uh, It was also I wanted to express something of my identity in what I was doing and I felt like music alone couldn't do that because music's very abstract. Yes. And it's it's much harder to express political ideas or Mm. commentary or a narrative Mm -hmm. directly. Yeah. And I wanted more of that in what I do in my performing. Yeah. And how
0: long ago did you realise you wanted that?
1: It was when my identity really Mm -hmm. started to change... And I wanted to express it through Mm. my music Mm -hmm. because it was, it seemed like at odds with what I was doing. So like, oh, I can't just do this same old, same old thing Mm. and sort of fit into this world of classical conservatism, which unfortunately it is. Mm. Um, And if you were to do what I do, people would probably be quite confused actually. Um, and about my identity and what I do,
0: but is that confusion? I mean, is that that seems important to me
1: mm. right now? It does, and I want to. It's not like I want to hide myself away from those audiences, but it's just a little bit difficult to do what I do in the context of what those audiences usually see classical music in. They don't go to queer clubs and queer venues, and uh, you know. Galleries where there's a queer book launch or something like that. Mm. It, that's where I do a mm. lot of my performing. It's also, a pretty
0: straight world, isn't
1: it? Well, yeah, yeah. in the classical field, it's mm. very straight. The venues where you get any sort of prestige and kind of brownie points for university and that kind of stuff.
0: But the pressure on you, I mean, the thing that you're yeah. trying to do is is intense because people will judge your music mm. even... I mean, do, do you yeah. think even more so? Well,
1: I haven't thought about it like that, actually. I think they... I've found that audiences are more open and they actually appreciate your musical skills more, actually, no, because funny. they don't see it. They don't... Because they tend to be the audiences that don't go to a concert hall or see a lot of guitar played in a classical way or in with classical skills.
0: Oh, I meant in the ah, classical realm. Yeah. I mean, if you... But maybe you just don't play in that realm. Now.
1: I don't play in that realm oh. at all. So that's a that's that's the,
0: political That's source. Yes, yeah. it is. Mm. That's the
1: issue. And so what I do actually now, it's funny talking to you earlier about how you explain what your work is yeah. to somebody who doesn't necess- isn't necessarily immersed in your world or anywhere near it. It's, I think you explain my world as, or what I do, as a kind of burlesque commentary on embodied identity through movement even a bit of acting costume change transformation gender transgressing you can be whoever you want with the music as a backbone to that and the music kind of glues it all together and the skill it sort of creates a backbone to the spectacle
0: it's almost yeah. like the music is your first language, Yes, that's and you've right. learned sort of second complementary yeah, languages absolutely. to express yourself. Yeah. yeah, and one of them obviously is visual.
1: Very. Yeah. I love fashion. I love creating costumes yeah. and everything about that world.
0: That world's pretty amazing. It's
1: fun. Yeah, it's really amazing and fun, and just something you see some. You know, some of my friends are fashion designers, and you probably have friends as well. And mm-hmm. just seeing how they come up with their stuff, and yeah. like some drag queens that I, well, I know a lot of drag queens and just their skills, yeah, <laughs> yeah. just with makeup and you know, whatever you think about drag, some of them are amazing at
0: it. I've always yeah. thought drag is, I've always been really into it, like, yeah, you know, and, and felt really comfortable around yeah. that scene. But I mean, not everyone <clears throat> does, and that's something no. that. I mean, I've always, I guess when I was younger, I was like, oh, those people are boring, whatever. They can just deal with it. But now Um. I'm trying to, I guess, understand why people find that so confronting or why people find the world that we feel comfortable in and our friends, which we probably have a few in common. Yeah. Why is that so confronting to others? I or like the, your classical boss, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they fully understand
1: it. And I think even within the queer scene, there's not a full understanding of what drag actually is. Mm. And I think there's, there's a couple of issues in what you've asked there in that I think there's a, definitely a view towards drag that it is reinforcing a stereotype. But then you dig deeper and then what they're actually doing is parodying the stereotype and deconstructing gender by exaggerating exactly the stereotypical you know, signals that people view as being identified with a certain, you know, binary gender, totally exaggerating them to the limit. Until so they have no it means, becomes ridiculous. Make, <laughs> it <make> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I immediately
0: think of John Waters and how important, like, right. his work yeah. has been. But he sort of somehow got to almost mainstream, and mm. it's almost like the mainstream kind of get it, but they don't. Maybe they don't dig enough to I really get it.
1: No, I don't think they do. That's the thing. It's and almost it's, to
0: nullify that. Those. Yeah gender um signifiers or something isn't it
1: yeah i think you're right i think there's a bit of fear about it as well because it's so uh, out there for a lot of people they don't quite understand how can you how can you do that you know how mm. what is that about isn't that just you getting dressed up like a woman or isn't that you just you know getting all like butch and whatever mm. and but it's almost like there's not a level of respect there for that art what they're really trying to do and they don't bother digging deep um and that nullifying yeah is really what they're about
0: but it's not like it's a new thing
1: no no i know it's that's
0: the thing it's been it's been mm, around for a very long time
1: yeah and yet yeah i think when you it's been around for a long time and i think people like you and me and you know probably all our friends (laughs) are, are are in such a bubble yeah. do you know what I mean like and it's hard to accept that it's hard to get key context with that I find because when I walk out into the world I'm not sure about you but mm-hmm. you have a clear idea about what your identity is since you walk out the front door oh all this stuff hits and mm-hmm. then it's like oh right oh wow yeah that world still is thinking like a binary but if I walk a kilometer that way and I go to that cafe it's like oh wow they're totally in another sort of zone and but I think and there are certain sort of sectors of our arts practice, even in mm. uh, our community generally, that just are very shielded from that kind of thing despite the work that's being done now you know the, it's, the way it's in the media is so much more
0: yeah well it's funny i mean something happened to me yesterday that i just yeah. thought it was really interesting and it happened to me the day before i spoke to you yeah right, I've, yeah i've been thinking a lot about what you project and yeah. you know, i obviously identify as a woman and yeah. I, I don't actually think about it and i know i realize that it's no. a privilege but um well, Yesterday, I mean, yes no? <laughs> yeah, it's also a box, and that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but yeah. the fact that I don't have to um, deal with people's perceptions, because yeah, I'm comfortable, I you know mean. what I mean, yeah, yeah, but I mean. yesterday, I was reading in a kindergarten, because oh, yeah. I also do picture books, and oh, yeah, uh, of part of my job, and this, <clears throat> as I left, this little girl came up to me, and she was four, and she said to me, oh, excuse me, Ty, and as I was leaving, and she said, are, are you a girl or a boy? And wow. I, yeah, and okay. I was really taken by it because yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have thought there was much confusion, but, but that's really interesting. yeah, but what's interesting is that now yeah. kids, I guess, well that she felt like maybe um, now it's okay to ask everyone that or, and then I, I, got, I was really conflicted <laughs> in how I responded because I was like, it would have been easy for me to just say I'm a girl, but then I got yeah, all kind of weird about it, it and I was like, I mean, no, I didn't know that that's sort of what you ask people, I, but then I thought it's yeah. not my job to teach her that. And then I just <laughs> said, I'm just me. Yeah. Does great. it really matter to you what I am? So I, I wanted to say, maybe it's not polite to ask that, but is it?
1: <laughs> yeah. Like that, that, that's really funny. You've explained that, that, that story, it raises. It just like throws up so many issues that in a way, people that are in that non-binary world have to deal with on a daily basis. Oh, that's what I thought. And yeah. that's interesting. You've experienced that. That happens Several times a day, I'm sure it you does. know, you know, in different ways. Yeah, whether it's going to the bathroom and you've got to make a choice because they don't have a, uh, a neutral bathroom, yeah. uh, or somebody misgenders you and, you, and then the third person you've never met, you know, they they yeah. mis the third sorry you've never met someone before they misgender you, and then you've got a queer ally next to you, <laughs> and they know that that person is misgendered. You, what do you do? Do you then correct Say them right then and, and there yeah. because yeah. then the history of the relationship. Uh, is easier because once they've got that at the beginning of knowing you, then they, they don't have tend to have a problem after. <laughs> but then, do you want to deal with it then? No, I'm feeling no. a bit tired today. I don't want to go there. It
0: must be exhausting.
1: <laughs> it is exhausting. That's a bit of a phenomenon, actually. It's not uncommon, but also going back to what you're saying about it, is that when somebody asks that question, it's almost like they want to have... It's funny what... I don't know really what really goes on, but people... It's so entrenched in our mm. society. I don't know. To label you know, what sort of family that kid comes from, whether they come from you know a family that talks about this kind of thing all the time, or whether they come from quite a shielded family where it's just like binary, binary, binary. Mm. You know, possibly it is, and they need that safety. They need that safety to know that, Ah, oh, I, 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 I need to know what pronouns to use. I, I, well, they don't think of it like that, but it's like, yes. there's this confusion. There's this kind of like, yeah. ah, where do I go here? You know, do I need to trick? Why do I need to know? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Why do I need to know someone's birth sex
0: no, to have a
1: conversation? But
0: that's just like, I don't need to know how much money someone makes a year. I don't yeah. need to know where someone lives. <laughs> I don't need to know what kind of car someone drives. I don't really care. Yeah. What they do is they're business but but coming from a kid it was interesting because maybe that's now something that is in their um curiosity
1: yeah i don't know it's a hard question to answer that Mm. it sort of goes back to well it could be good that they're asking that question because they're sort of even open to it they feel comfortable enough to, to ask that question bit tricky to know that's one of the mysteries of the whole changing world of this area i think because people are sort of like starting to go oh maybe i can ask that or or, is that impolite or there's this this whole sort of Mm. conversation around it is people don't quite know how to have a conversation Mm. about it and i've found that too and if um it's funny i had a friend (laughs) this is really funny Mm -hmm. you may know them um they went to a school recently and the school was just. This little kid said, oh, yeah, boy or girl? And they said, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> great answer. <laughs>
1: like, isn't great?
0: That's a great answer.
1: <laughs> I think that's wonderful. That's
0: so clever. It's
1: great, isn't it? And they're...
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. a really quick way of throwing it back at them without oh, being rude, but getting them to think.
0: I guess the closest I could think of is I'm me, and that's all that you need to know. And that's pretty much the essence of it, isn't it? It is
1: really. Mm-hmm. The problem with when you say I'm me is it doesn't help you ma- converse, and mani- <laughs> you know it doesn't help other people mm-hmm. understand... Your otherness, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard Nevo Do you know Nevo mm-hmm. They've written a book called How I Confuse the World. Mm. uh They identify as non binary as well. Mm-hmm. They're 21 and they do a lot of public speaking at schools amazing. and that kind of stuff. Beautiful, amazing mm-hmm. person. But um they've talked about this kind of thing. And, you know, yeah, they've said that whole thing of like, yeah, I'm just me, but that doesn't help other people understand Get your world. Narrative. You know, mm-hmm. just go, oh, you're me. The problem with that is you're the only one that's you. <laughs> and we're each different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And,
0: and but people still want tribes or you know Exactly. They want to yeah. work out their perspective or how they fit in.
1: Exactly, yes, yes.
0: I, I did watch a I did watch an awesome YouTube a little while ago by uh, also a young person called Becky Stromer Becky Stromer. It was a it was a um, oh. a TED talk actually. Incredible. Oh, it's I, had like, you know, hundred or so thousand hits. Wow. And basically they were, you know, they were saying they don't define me. I define me, which is, you know, obvious to me. But then that sort of saying that it's also fine to say that I'm in the middle and that maybe that's something that's becoming more common is to reply that, you know, yes, I guess yes does the same thing, doesn't it? Sort of, well, (laughs) both. Yeah, that's right. And that's something that maybe they then have to just work out. Yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah, you don't have to have a definitive answer on that. Mm. I think society is slowly, slowly, slowly coming to grips with that. Mm. Um,
0: but then, in that conservative world of, you know, like where you're keeping yeah. your job, for example, <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and re, <laughs> um, you know, you must have to re-explain and sell that. Uh, I your do, I do, and that's that's tough. It, I mean, I don't tr- have to do that every day. Uh, well, maybe you do in terms of your art, though. Because, well, that's true. Yeah. I mean, all artists have to do that. Yeah, that's true. I think, yeah.
1: but maybe as a person it's different, but but your artistic medium and how you choose to put your art together and how you make, I guess you would probably have to explain that. But in the music world, it's a lot uh, more common just to just say, well, I'm a musician.
0: So before we, before we started recording, we were talking about how um, a lot of people that we know in our professional lives, come across as like these flamboyant, bold, um, expressive sort of humans, and yet when you get to know them, there's something underneath, especially the most extroverted people, that's quite (laughs) um, vulnerable.
1: Yeah, I always think of comedians as well, particularly, but that's just as a side note, you know, comedians are very well known for being, you know, obviously what they do is incredibly, got to be so kind of confident
0: yeah. and
1: get out there and do that um and
0: often they're so depressed yeah and sad. And oh. it's sort of,
1: yeah yeah
0: did you see Hannah Gadsby's <laughs>
1: it's <laughs> funny yeah I was talking to a friend yesterday about it and um yeah it just struck me as going wow that partly it didn't surprise me Mm. but then also like wow that's amazing how it's done that
0: the fact that she managed to put that pathos but explain to millions of people that saw it i mean now she's touring it everywhere and the success is what makes it even sweeter (laughs) is that so many people are getting that message and also being told it won awards. It's really good. It's like yeah. the best thing that could it's have great. come out of this country. It, it is
1: actually, yeah. Well, that, and it's a great example of someone sharing their vulnerability. Yes. I was talking earlier to you about my situation at the conservatorium mm-hmm. and of music and at the, Melbourne University. Yeah, probably, at Melbourne University. <laughs> yeah,
0: Not that you'll get. You won't get into trouble. <laughs> ah,
1: worried about my big boss getting me into that. Yeah, but yeah, trying to navigate the identity change that I've had and the artistic change that comes with that and how to position yourself really so that, because the work I'm doing is, I think, really important for people to see, especially young people who are interested in expressing, you know, and being, being queer people perhaps, mm-hmm. who are really interested in expressing themselves to the world and have a voice, yeah. they have a message, they wanna get it out there.
0: But, but they're they, skilled as well Yeah, they, they want, want skills to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly mm. They
1: want the skills So they want to study Who are they going to go to? There's no one They
0: want to know there's friends there Yeah, and that's right and Safe
1: They want to know it's, it's safe I think it's
0: really important that you're there I can't believe that people wouldn't I see that as actually a gift that you're there That you want to be there
1: I do want to be there, yeah <laughs> Most of the time <laughs> I feel like leaving sometimes, but it's just because of you know it's a tough world and blah but mm. but I realize that the contribution i have to to make to that place is really <laughs> encouraging to hear you say it actually yeah and I, I'm learning to value that yeah. me myself being there, but I'm just not sure that people really. Understand the full scope of why it is good that I'm there, that's all. And that often takes a bit of explaining and in a fast paced <laughs> you know, talking about money and budgets <laughs> yeah. and like who's going to teach this and da 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 da. And yeah. oh no, we need another staff member. Oh, can we reduce the staff sessional budget? And you know, yeah. <laughs> heard it all before, obviously. But in amongst all of that talk, mm-hmm. to get people to listen and say, hey, this is what's going out there in the world this is we've got young people coming up into this institution what are we going to do about making our course relevant for them so that they feel safe they feel like they can explore and tailor their course to to fit who they are not to have to squish themselves into this thing and then you know try and make their way in this way of doing things for 10 years and then find out oh actually that might be okay for some, you know. As a process of discovery, it's slow, but it wouldn't it be better if we, we were just able to give them a bit more of a springboard and a helping hand a path with that? You
0: know? Yeah, thing. but I think yeah. also, I mean, I guess when you're inside the thing of education, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a business. You it know? is, yeah. And and but I see it one step further than that where if, if you want audiences to start actually going to classical music yeah, and opera exactly. and whatever else you need to encourage like contemporary exactly, yeah. musicians and yeah. of course they're going to be yeah, yeah. all sorts of different sexualities and genders exactly.
1: and yeah, varieties of yeah. people and yeah exactly yeah and, and if there's yeah
0: that's Absolutely. so unless you put them into the link of the first chain and allow actually mm. encourage people, yeah. then those audiences aren't going to go and the, no. like look at Hannah, that audience yeah. is massive, yeah, <laughs> and even yeah. if you don't identify no. as you are I mean, I'm so into it and supportive, yeah. or there's people that want to understand, and so exactly. yeah. it's a huge market.
1: it is in a way, yeah, that's <laughs> right, yeah, it is it's got it's got huge potential for change and instigating that sort of. What's the word? Like a, it's like a catalyst. I think yeah, yeah, we yeah. need people like Hannah and you and me and all the wonderful people that do diverse things to kind of look at all those in between spaces and expose them mm. in really big ways, not just in our little scenes. But mm. yeah, it's great that, say, for instance, Hannah has got such a big profile and is able to capture that big market and and and, and tell their story. It is We need a few of those too.
0: It's quite a big responsibility (laughs) though, isn't it? Like, I mean, I often think about um, people of color and indigenous peers that I have that are good at what they do, like really good at what they do. They're so busy because it's like... They are just, yeah. everyone wants them to help yeah. and to like help educate and help explain to everyone. <laughs> it's like they can't be everywhere.
1: This is one of the issues that you find, you know, it's probably it's a similar in the feminist sort of area as well mm. because, you know, we've got still so much work to do with equality for mm. women. And there are obviously key players in that, That um, and but I'm sure they get absolutely overrun and they get tired with the fight. And it's the same for, you know, LGBTIQ people or an LGBTIQ people of colour, ethnic minorities. um, Yeah, they they are busy because they wear a cultural burden Mm. of the, the support of their... Yeah. Or their selves themselves they've also got to keep that afloat and look after that but also
0: being a their leader community.
1: because it's all the same yeah, yeah they, they, they're a leader their community is important to them so they need to support that community to kind of mm. enable it still and
0: i just think that you guys are amazing <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: it keeps you busy yeah
0: you people but, just never stop because you you have yeah. a, such an important job to do but obviously it's
1: well yeah, yeah you get a call like i got a call from rainbow network um, at the Australian Research Centre of Health, Sex and Society and Jamie Jones there called me up and said, hey, you know, we'd love you to play at this end of the year because we've had a bit of a tough year in the LGBTIQ community obviously, for obvious reasons. And, yeah, uh, Jamie supports all of the youth support networks, yeah. basically coordinates a lot of that stuff that goes on in the community and so we're having a party, you know, we need some light relief. <laughs> Someone for fun. <laughs> yeah. no, so you get a call and your heart goes... Oh, I'm a bit tired, but I really want to do this because you know this is so important to me. And you get that you get that a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm at I'm at work, and I'm on the, uh, diversion, diversion, <laughs> diversity and inclusion committee. Right mm-hmm. for the whole faculty of the VCA and MCM, which is the faculty of the Victorian wow. College of the Arts and the Melbourne Conservatorium of Music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and we've got like an indigenous subcommittee part of that and i'm in the lgbtq one and there's a women's one they're the main three areas that the university is pushing really hard at the moment to address well, uh, yeah which is great so we've got the whole university support behind it but we don't get contact hours to do that yeah and you know laundry. you can imagine the amount yeah, of work yeah, yeah. that that is uh to you know look after as you know somebody a student who wants to come out with their workplace. And so I'm sort of helping them with that. And then I'm helping to policy, yeah. terminology, Wow. you know, it's like, and bathrooms and making sure things, are, <laughs> you know, it's just a mountain of work to do Yeah, and it's, you don't get any credit you don't for, get that. Paid for that, but it's improving the whole welfare of the place. If we didn't do that stuff, none of the big grand scheme for the university would happen. Mm. And so I get a bit frustrated with that because I'm not given any credit to that on my kind of it'll it'll help in terms of people want to you know work in other areas to do that but you know
0: i mean sometimes as artists there's certain types of artists that use what they you know like guitar is almost the easiest part of what you do yeah it is isn't it
1: super easy
0: yeah except for most people that's almost like so hard what you do technically i've i've watched the videos i've listened it's like (laughs) it's incredibly difficult yeah it is yeah but for you, what's harder is the fact that you're this political activist yeah. for like ninety percent of your time. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, and that that's almost just a this sort of like slips between the it cracks is. because no yeah. one quite recognizes that that's a big job.
1: Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. Exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you use that the guitar as a way into that yes. that conservative world. Exactly, and, and that's almost like a Trojan horse it or something to get in, yeah. and that's. Awesome. (laughs) It is
1: good, yeah. It's that whole thing of yeah, like you study to kinda get your teeth into something, to kinda know enough about something, and then you can then deviate because you've got that understanding and then you it's that sort of thing, you know, because I've worked really hard at my art and
0: And you love it, obviously. Yeah, I
1: do. I don't know why.
0: (laughs) Well It's just a very
1: nice thing to do. It feels great, I love doing it. It's portable. Anyway, but yeah. yeah.
0: You know, do you ever feel selfish in a way that, you know, you want to give up a part of, you know, the, the stuff that really drags you down? I mean, do you ever feel like just like...
1: Yeah, um, sometimes, sometimes. It sometimes seems so big and you have to sort of come back and say, I mean, it's, it's actually <laughs> it's exactly what I'm going through now, mm. you know, with the whole marriage equality yeah. Uh, survey. And the, I read a lot about a mm. lot of the... Th- Views that don't necessarily get talked about in the mainstream.
0: It's complicated, isn't it?
1: And there's a lot of stuff there that is kind of brewing away that we don't know about. And so, you know, um, you see how big it is and you just go, well, I can only just beaver away at my little area that I can make really positive changes. Yeah, yeah. In,
0: um, a little bit at a time, kind of thing. Yeah, because it's so yeah. com- complex. I mean, even I don't as a as a cisgender person, I don't actually <laughs> want to get married. Like I've yeah, never yeah. wanted to get well, married. Well, that's right. And, yeah, and I feel like it must be such a fraught kind of fight that, that you it all is. had to go through because yeah. the institution of marriage. If you ask me, it's, it's out of date. And yeah, is, I yeah. actually felt like through that whole thing for all of my. Queer friends, I felt so just angry on yeah. their behalf, and also I just felt like saying, actually, the question we should be talking about, is if you ask that, me, is yeah. just the, the the idea of marriage is. Yeah. Shall we have a vote on that? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I
1: agree. I <laughs> not, agree. Not
0: who should get married, but no, just actually what, is what to, it is. Yeah.
1: That's right. Exactly. Yeah. But
0: instead, it's almost like this whole community, massive community of people, is sort of thrown under the bus to um. You know, and a whole lot of hatred and I agree. rubbish.
1: Well, that's what Neville Zysin was saying on radio um, to Claire Bodich recently mm. and saying, you know, I, I feel horrified that Australia has put its name to this survey mm. that is a vote on human rights across the whole country for LGBTIQ people when that doesn't really have much to do with, you know, 90% of the population. You know, no. it only affects 10% of the population. So why is everybody voting on that? You know, that just, it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. But, I mean, going back to your, the whole mm. point about women and expressing uh, themselves through art, I think mm. this is the kind of stuff that makes p- women particularly have a unique voice in that because, you know, unfortunately women still face similar kinds of things. There's a big intersectionality with the LGBTIQ rights and women's rights because Mm. we still don't value enough in this society uh, attributes in people that are more associated with feminine Mm. but Why, you know, I'm even against labeling it like that, you know. Yeah, because a lot of women aren't feminine. I know, exactly. What is feminine? I'm not particularly feminine. They're they're not useful terms, Uh, you know. um, And actually, right at the
0: start, I remember being defiantly saying, I'm not feminist because I used to just think that, well, I'm not feminine. So I don't want to actually identify as feminist because I'd like to think that I'm, you know, like quite fierce. And for me in the past, that had been... A negative thing but then of course you realize that feminism is actually about just
1: well it's about equality really isn't it it's about making a better society
0: (laughs) and it's more than that now it's actually it's about not just about equality for for women it's equality for everyone and i think well well, that's that's, what i mean yeah like that's exactly what it is it's
1: going to make everything a lot better it's going to make everybody feel more valued in society for who they are no matter who they are and fierce fierce Feminism, feminism itself, the type of person that is a feminism is restricted. Uh, sorry, I'm not making sense. A feminist. The type of person that is a feminist is restricted in a way. It's like when I saw the, um, Madonna's acceptance speech for that, the Billboard yes. um, Woman of the Year. I um, thought that was quite amazing, shocking um, as pretty well. Pretty out there,
0: wasn't it? Yeah, yeah.
1: But like, I, I loved that speech actually because it mm-hmm. was like... Whatever you think of Madonna and their artistry and what they do with themselves on stage or whatever, it doesn't matter. Mm. You know, that's fine. You know, they mentioned in that speech about Prince, you know, when they were touring and publicity and whatever, and, you know, with their... But hanging out and wearing lipstick and eye heels and everything and
0: that's nobody fine. comments about no. that
1: nobody <laughs> comments about prince being a slut and a uh, a uh you know the satan
0: yeah everyone celebrates that
1: actually. yeah exactly <laughs> and so yeah but just because they got certain genitalia and a body well, like you know like that is just the hypocrisy and the double standards that is mm-hmm. going on
0: and and i guess this i mean bring it back to a visual i yeah, understand yeah, totally. everything yeah, yeah, visually yeah. it's like that just that you know, they want to, the conservatives want to make it so black and white, yeah, and yeah. something about, I mean, maybe just the education around the grey yes, is sort exactly. of what, that, that, why can't we just all be grey, yeah, you, you know, yeah. like it's just, it would be so much easier.
1: I'm trying to do that at work.
0: Yeah. Well, you've got a hard thing on your plate there. <laughs> I know. But I mean, even but, in yeah. the visual art world, it's yeah. it's really common to break things down and silo things into practices or label things. Um, really? That's yeah, really yeah. interesting. Mm. I hadn't thought of it. And, and often with women, you know, well, especially women I've spoken to, mm. there's a there's a kind of like, even if it's unconscious, there's mm. often a drive to make work that doesn't quite fit into any of them. Yeah. But that's a hard, it's a hard path to take because yeah. what happens in the art world is, You've got to do it for thirty years in the same style for someone to go. Oh, they're a painter because I've seen the paintings for thirty years. It's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Come on! Like we live in a time where That's you know right. young kids are just not even interested in any of those labels yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. And this and this goes into art forms though. Is what I'm trying to say. I think yes, it's it does. An, and and yeah. to have that fluidity is probably the most interesting type of practice that you could have.
1: Absolutely, now. yeah. There's a lot of intersections now, or well, there's a big movement to try and train people uh, in an intersectional way mm. so that people aren't just being siloed into being a jazz musician. That's what you do. You play in jazz bands and you go out and do jazz trios and blah.
0: It's limiting.
1: It's very, yeah, it's <laughs> limiting. It's like, don't you just get bored? Like... i
0: <laughs> I'll never get any work?
1: <laughs> yeah. The thing... Yeah, well, yeah. It's that's that. the other thing. <laughs> exactly. There's room for others and there's not a lot of room made in institutions for that and Mm. I think that is starting to change Mm. Um, and you're right I think you know all those grey areas need to be just a little bit more open and and people that want to explore those areas need to be welcomed and and sort of allowed to explore those things Mm. And, and we need to put that message out there in the community as well that this is a safe place for you to do that a
0: grey s- rainbow yeah grey.
1: Everything. <laughs> exactly it's so i know exactly what you mean it's so very hard it's exactly the same in music it's exactly the same i
0: love i love the world of sort of theater, theatrical performance but, but yeah. you know the, I mean, we have in common Maud? who i've also oh, had yeah, a conversation yeah. oh, with. Yeah, of course, yeah. and Maud, interestingly you know she's said yeah. that she never could categorize herself as cabaret or theater burlesque or stage or, whatever, or burlesque yeah. and, and and I think for a lot of women particularly burlesque can be a really negative term it can be. so it was interesting to, to hear you identify yeah. but I think it's different if you couple it with an instrument yes yes um, yes but that that's for, right, for, yeah. for as a woman I mean it took me a long time to even go to something called burlesque because yeah. I found it objectifying yeah, it for women is. for male gaze and yes, that's and, right. and yeah, in quite a kind a, of tacky yeah. way often yeah. that's just about Fairy. like waiting for to see a nipple yeah
1: like big deal big deal
0: like, it's a nipple we've own. all got them Yeah,
1: it's that male titillation. Yeah, yeah. and
0: and I felt like often I had to endure that that feeling that you could feel and often hear it from guys in the crowd.
1: Yeah, it's not a yeah. I can I totally.
0: That's a similar
1: thing to how people who don't want to go and see a drag queen perform. I think that's a similar thing. Do you think men
0: feel like that?
1: Uh, I think they're threatened particularly cisgender people who identify mainly with their genitals being their identity, (laughs) I think they feel threatened to it by it. Um, But but it's also that similar thing why uh, radical feminists, Mm -hmm. perhaps, uh, are highly critical of it. And I can see why. And even people that are just, like, think it's a bit weird. Critical of
0: drag. Yeah,
1: critical of drag, drag, particularly, and particularly... um, Uh, drag queens particularly (laughs) and I can see why but you have to be discerning like there's there's kind of crap art everywhere and it's demeaning (laughs) to people and it can be insulting and everything. And and sure, that's, it's not great. Mm -hmm. And you don't want that, but it's not like the prime minister getting up and saying, we're going to have a marriage equality survey. You can, you can just don't go to the show. Yeah. Yeah. But like, um, and you know, as long as we're having a dialogue in societies is predominantly positive and moving in a good direction for equality and betterment of uh, society, you know, that that's okay. But it's a similar You're kind of not digging deep enough, you know, when people like with burlesque, people don't know that it's not, there's not just one type of burlesque. You know, the original burlesque was very clever and.
0: And defiant, yeah, actually. Yeah, And that's what I do. Like, yeah, yeah. That's right. So, but, but I think, unfortunately, what happens yeah. in a lot of art forms is what sifts through to the mainstream, and is, for obvious exactly reasons is, of the patriarchy, yeah, exactly, is what yeah. is aided by a male or their money yes, to get exactly. through, and that's yeah. usually like devious.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not interesting. Yeah, I
0: know. Like, oh, you're yeah. I know but this, but just, this is why it's yeah. sort of like I think yeah. what hopefully is changing is that you know, when the patriarchy slowly breaks down a little bit yeah. and that more women or, you know,
1: anyone apart anyone really. yeah, from right. white
0: men yeah. is in control, that what you <laughs> yeah. see rise to the top is of more interesting content i hope so (laughs) is that basically what we're all working for i hope
1: so (laughs) yeah i really hope so fingers Fingers crossed
0: yeah fingers crossed i think we've reached the end of our lovely time it went really quickly and i'd just like to say thank you from the bottom of my heart it's
1: been great actually yeah thank you so much for being so curious and interested and knowledgeable and yourself (laughs) thank you
0: for being so brave One of the things I really took away from this talk with Tonya was just the notion of beavering away at our own little areas, making change on a scale that's achievable for you. Sometimes these notions of gender and inequality can get really depressing and overwhelming, almost like they're too big or too entrenched to tackle. But Tonya helped me to remember that each of us can make a difference to changing the rhetoric and the prejudice that exists around gender diversity in our own little creative ways. Main thing is to keep having respectful conversations and keep moving forward. This conversation was recorded for the series A World of Her Own as part of the exhibition Unfinished Business, Perspectives on Art and Feminism at the Australian Centre for Contemporary Art. It was recorded by me, Ty Snape. I'm an artist for those of you who don't know my work. If you liked exploring Tonya's world with me today, you might like to delve into some other worlds by downloading more episodes directly from the ACCA website. Visit www.acca.melbourne where you'll find the world of her own link under Programs or from SoundCloud if you visit soundcloud.com forward slash ACCA underscore Melbourne. I'd like to give a big thanks to Beck Fari for audio post-production and Melbourne musician Fear, spelt P-H-I-A, for letting us use the track you're listening to, End of the Day, from her album The Ocean of Everything. And, of course, thank you to Tonya for the additional music written and recorded for this episode. Thanks for listening to this episode from Season 1. The podcast now lives at tysnaith.com. so head over there for more information about the show and the artists I'm speaking to in Season 2. And thanks again to Akka for all their support with Season 1.